Hello, this is John Mangini, Vice President of Marketing with the New Jersey Bankers Association. Welcome to the New Jersey Banker Podcast. Today, our President and CEO, Mike Afuso, sits down with John Harmon, Founder, President, and CEO of the African American Chamber of Commerce, for a discussion on challenges facing the African American business community, programs they offer to help businesses grow, and the importance of their relationship with the New Jersey banking community. Thank you, John. John, today we're, uh, we're here at the African American Chamber of Commerce. Can you tell me a little bit about its history and uh, what its mission is? Well, Mike, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And, uh, you know, if you look over the history of blacks in America, you know, if you go back to Booker T. Washington founding the Negro Business League in 1900 um, to really connect black people post the Emancipation Proclamation to mainstream American economy, it was all about relationships. And so the African American Chamber of Commerce was established based on that model in um, 2007. You know, as we look here in New Jersey, there's 1.3 million blacks, give or take, and over 80,000 black businesses. But when you drill down the high poverty, the high unemployment, low median income, and a net worth is $5,900 versus $315,000 for whites, we needed a vehicle to connect black people, black businesses with those who have the resources, opportunities, and information. Thus, the African American Chamber of Commerce was formed as an advocate to, to educate um, black people about uh, free enterprise, capitalism, and connecting them with the resources that exist in the ecosystem. You know, you've, been, uh, you've been here for 15 years in another chamber in Trenton for 10, mm -hmm. and uh, certainly um, I've been involved in politics and have, have seen you, and uh, the African American Chamber of Commerce is very lucky to have you. You have, you have been uh, a great voice to them uh, in the legislature and uh, certainly have uh, enjoyed uh, working together with you and just uh, you know watching how you maneuver in uh, in these different circles so uh, they're definitely lucky to have you and uh, you do a great job for them but in your in your 15 years here what have been the uh, biggest changes that you've seen in the african-american business community well I, I too am fortunate to have a listening audience right you can't take it for granted to have an organization such as yours to be partners with us and in introducing us to critical partnerships as it relates to resources and, and intellectual uh, capital, if you will. But you know the whole evolution of one awareness um, and the relevance of a black business organization and getting it in alignment with mainstream commerce from a mutually beneficial perspective. I think that has been the kind of evolution for me because, you know, at the outset, I can tell you, and this is for some of the older listeners in the audience, I felt like the Maytag repairman. We had a mission, but I sat at the desk day in and day out, no one called, no one emailed. And when I would go to events, I would introduce myself to the same people over and over. But now, you know, we got more emails, more phone calls than we can handle. But I, I just think that, you know, you have to be committed to the mission in order for others to support the mission. And I think um, our commitment to get black people in New Jersey in a better place, 
um, folks have responded in a way that's now is bearing fruit, mutual fruit for, for society as a whole. Well, we certainly, we, we certainly see the commitment of the chamber as well as your uh, personal commitment and your efforts that you make. I mean, it's really uh, unbelievable what you're doing and how you're all over, you know, the state. Um, <laughs> but, but as far as challenges go, mm -hmm. what, what challenges do you see and how do you see uh, the African-American Chamber being a, a partner in overcoming mm -hmm. the challenges for African-American businesses? I think these are all excellent questions. Um, you know, post the murder of George Floyd, there's been uh, a, um, a heightened engagement and outreach from all sectors of society seeking to, to, to get more uh, in alignment with what we're going, what we're doing and what we're trying to do. As you look at boardrooms across New Jersey, and across America, particularly uh, publicly, publicly traded organizations, blacks are, are not that well represented. Um, in terms of businesses looking to scale and grow, there's a, a, a considerable need for equity. I think we've done, uh, a, done great strides as it relates to debt. I mean, the partnership with you guys, um, following the, the whole PPP has, risen to a whole nother level and the engagement of the financial institutions that make up the New Jersey Bankers Association. I can't say um, nothing bad at all about their efforts and their support. So that's encouraging, but you know, we still struggle, particularly if you look at it from a public sector perspective, there's very little public contracts for black businesses in New Jersey because the state of New Jersey doesn't have not, does not have policy like New York and Philadelphia that incentivize equitable participation. So that's work we gotta get at. Um, the corporations have stepped up uh, and you know I just had the president of PCG here the other day. We're working through ways we can do more. I was on with the president of JCP&L, um, two big energy companies here. Um, so, I, I just have to say that the more we engage, the more we have open and frank conversations over time, these challenges will start to be mitigated and dissipate. So I'm encouraged. That's good. That's good. We have, we certainly have uh, a ways to go. I mean, when you look at the numbers, you don't lie and they are quite stark. Um, you list a lot of New Jersey banks as financial resources to your members. Can you tell me a little bit about you know, what, what value it is that, that we try to provide uh, for your members and what value they perceive and what it is that they need from financial services community, particularly banks, going forward? Now, uh, another great question. The other thing, I want to congratulate you on your new role as the, as the, as the, the commander in chief now of New Jersey bankers, but oftentimes when you make transitions from a kind of a legacy leader in John McWeeny into someone who's been right, his wingman for a number of years, you, things fall, fall off a bit. But I would say to you, Mike, um, you have not only stepped in, the momentum is there and you've kicked it up to another level. To that end, you've opened up opportunities for our members to be more directly engaged with your association, which is, which is a plus. But moreover, the financial services institutions that are part of your membership and now I'm part of our membership, you know, they've taken direction from John and you that this is important to New Jersey's economy. Having the ability to get on the phone 
and, and, and connect a member to one of your members about a capital need or about uh, acquiring a home or a mortgage or to come out and do a webinar. We just did on the radio show an announcement for PPAC Gladstone on their products and services. We're rolling out a series of, of um, announcements or commercials about their partnership with the Chamber. Uh, Columbia Bank has stepped up. Investors Bank has always been here. Wells Fargo. I can go on and on. Provident at our golf event uh, last week, there are 15 volunteers there and others willing to do more. So I think they're finding mutual value. They all, we're also finding, I'm saying we as well as them, this is not about charity. This is about business. This is about helping both sides win. And, and we're not ashamed to um, tell the community at large who we're dancing with, who dances with us, because I think they should be recognized. But I think there's, there's so much potential in this relationship, so I'm, I'm very excited. Well, we, we certainly uh, look forward to making it broader and, and deeper and um, you know, making sure that your members have exactly what they need and uh, you know, continuing with that level of outreach. Um, you have a, a program called I Am Irvington, and it's now in its fifth year. Can you uh, talk about that and the impact that it's made for students uh, that are participating in that program and you know, what, what your plans might be for expanding that to other communities? I'm just excited. You know, uh, Mayor Holly, we kicked it off when Holly was a Mayor Roselle. Now he's an assembly person. We rolled it out there. Um, he strung together some resources from, from that borough. We stood up the program. It's all about helping kids see themselves in the narrative, right? Uh, helping them really flush out their career aspirations and, and bringing uh, those people in the classroom to ask questions because sometimes you may have a desire to be this, that, or the other, but then when you get the realities of what that might entail, you may say, uh, maybe I should do something else. So we check the box off with, uh, in, in that regard. Uh, Jim Petrucci, who's a business owner, funded the, the initiative in Irvington. Now we have Enterprise and funded Patterson, Johnson & Johnson in New Brunswick. So we, we're expanding across the state of New Jersey you know, we're with a group of um, high school juniors up to about 50 in, per, per class and we have them from six to eight months per year, one, one full day session per month. It's great. It's really great. It's great to, to, you know, really try to connect with young people and, and show them a path um, that they may not be able to see because of, of the uh, of the situations that they might find themselves. Mm -hmm. um, what what other programs does the chamber offer that have uh, you think have made a, a really significant impact in the African American community? So we have a ton, um, and um, you know, I, I I started off kind of defining the problem when I gave you the statistics on the state of blacks in New Jersey. That's the challenge that we're seeking in partnership with your organization and others to mitigate. But we have a bonding program that we partner with the state of New Jersey and the New Jersey Economic Development Authority. And that's been, I think we're in our fourth year. We've done about $45 million in bonding for small businesses and that will enable them to do public contracts and a bonded business is a more bankable business. 
We also, in partnership with Junior Achievement, have what we call a, the Village Program, which speaks to the family as a whole, um, to see where not only the kid getting this, these, this education to Junior Achievement, but is that being reinforced when the kid comes home? What's the status of the parents? Are they working? Is there, is there a teenager on the couch, not productive? And we try to assess and provide tools and strategies to get the family in a better place. We just announced today our own Training and Development Institute, where we've hired two people to lead that. And it's all about workforce. We have employers talking about, you know, we need employees or individuals to feel career opportunities, but we also have a multitude of folks that are not in the workforce that might be in a position of hopelessness, if you will. How do we get them in a better place? How do we get folks on public assistance upskilled so they can contribute to the workforce? And some, Michael, we're trying to own all the liabilities that black people may have on the state's balance sheet as best we can. Health, education, workforce and business through strategic partnerships with your organizations and others. And I think we're making progress, but the more we can communicate this to society as a whole, I think, and then and some, it'll start to attract more partnership. You know, you know when you talk about partnership, um, I was just at the, uh, the Kennedy Library. You know, in, in one of his speeches, he said, you know, we, we accept challenges not because they're easy, but because they're hard. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we accept these hard challenges, it brings out the best in us. And, and indeed, you know, there are challenges here. We know that. And uh, I, I can tell you, uh, New Jersey bankers will accept these challenges because they are hard and we mm -hmm. will work together on them. Um, as far as African-American business leaders, if you could give a tip to one of them mm -hmm. for an up-and-comer, what would it be? Well, there's a lot of tips. You know, first of all, you gotta, you gotta know your craft, right? And you have to be confident. You gotta defend it every day. And, um, you know, folks are looking for people that can add value. It's all about, for me and others that are looking to lead, what is the value proposition? What do you have that's gonna add a degree of uh, innovation, um, uh, increase efficiencies, maximize profits, or make an impact. So I, I think a credible impact and transformation are, are kind of key core objectives that any leader should aspire to and try to deliver those every day in spades. It's, it's very good advice. It's very good advice. I think that, that uh, transcends any, any issue of, of background, et cetera. You know, know your business, know, know what you're trying to do. So, so what do you think as far as, you know, the future? We're in the, the second half of 2022. Um, what, what are you looking at for the next year or so for the chamber and, and for the economy? Well, I think the economy, you know, there's a lot of uh, calls for, you know, recession is coming, but there's still a lot of fuel in the economy that's driving opportunity. So we'll put that to the side, and that'll take care of itself. The state is about to have these hearings about what do they do with all this money they have. I think we should, we collectively as representatives in the state, should have a word, should have a say about how those resources are spent, not from an emotional perspective and our pet projects, but from an impact perspective. 
I think the DE&I conversation, it's now, now time for some people to show their cards, right? I mean, post-George Floyd, there's a lot of you know, people talking about, we want to help, we want to do. Well, I'm, I'm raising my hand, we, we want to partner with you. Um, at the end of the day, I think there's tremendous opportunity. The African American Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey is stepping up to do as, as the best it could possibly do. We have, um, I founded the New York State Black Chamber as well. We anticipate by sometime later this year, you'll hear a big announcement about where that's going. But we want to be a regional player in this space and working with you and others, I think we can do some great work here in New Jersey and the region. Well, for that, we, we certainly look forward to working together to uh, deepening our partnership and, uh, you know, really, really uh, putting, putting our collective heft into, uh, into getting this work done and moving the ball forward. Um, thank you so much for everything. The members are so lucky to have you. and. Uh, the energy that you bring and the vigor that, and, and just the, the level of, of, of class and advocacy mm -hmm. that you bring to them is, is really unbelievable. So thank you so much for, uh, for participating. For the New Jersey Banker Podcast, I'm Micah Fuso.